Proper Madness, formerly Beautifully Broken. My name is Savvy and I give a unique perspective on mental health by providing tools, guidance, and knowledge on how we can better understand ourselves as well as our past and present experiences and in doing so, we can help heal our mental health. I get to speak with a variety of individuals from around the world as they share their stories from their journey through their mental wellness so that it helps others stand strong and use their voice. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I have Pat. I discovered music on TikTok during a live one day. I was very emotional, and Pat's music came up, and the song Sooner is what you were playing and singing to, and it really resonated with me, which is why I decided to reach out. Um, just your authenticity and how genuine you are is what I think pulled me to you. So, so well, yeah, thank, so you. thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Pat. Uh I use they them pronouns. Uh I am in a band called The Low Blow where I sing songs about being sad all the time. And uh <laughs> and it's gone pretty okay for me so far. Um yeah, I'm 22. Just turned 22. Uh and I am feeling 22. How are you um, feeling 22? You just just very uh very Taylor Swift, you know, in the way that I <laughs> I'm feeling yeah. 22. No, uh no, it's uh every year is uh every birthday is like a reminder to me that uh that uh I don't know birthdays like I think like you're normally supposed to feel like oh like I've gotten a year older, but it's nice and actually relieving to know that like growth happens nonstop throughout the year yeah. and i kind of like not feeling like i've changed when i turn a different age you know what i mean like oh like when i turned 21 i wasn't i, di I was i didn't feel any different because i feel like i was kind of doing it all year you know what i mean same mm -hmm. with like being 22 it's it's been kind of a good process i think yeah, yeah I, I just turned 30 in april and i was i freaked out so that go off go off <laughs> i look like i'm 12 you know you what? look like you're 12. I wasn't going to say 12. I was going to say like <laughs> 13, probably. 13, that's close enough. 13, <laughs> no, 13 with tattoos. Yeah, 13. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's just get right into it. What made you start music? How did you start music? What, how old were you? Uh, <laughs> um, I started, okay, so it's kind of a complicated story. That, okay, complicated is maybe not the right word. It's a long story. I started music when I was like 10 years old um, because I had a music teacher that um, I was new to this school and things were just like really weird for me. I had a hard time fitting in because I had only been to Catholic school prior to that. And um, so I, like my social skills were very limited. Um, I was like kind of homeschooled in the, in the sense that like um, my social exposure was limited to like 10 other people. And um, it was just weird going to a new school and meeting all these kids, it was just a huge culture shock for me. But this teacher um, really like reached out and like resonated with me. Um, uh, I won't say his name, you know, uh, for risk of, I don't know, doxing him, I don't whatever. Yeah. Um, but he was my fifth grade music teacher and um, he taught the class how to play ukulele as part of one of our units. And I think I took to it a little bit more than the other students because I was like, okay, here is a way for me to like relate to other people. I've always liked singing kind of, I've always, you know, I grew up with my dad playing music and going to, um, we would, <laughs> he would have like bluegrass jams in like people's like garages and backyards. And I would always go and, um, you know, just idolize him. It was like, oh my God, my dad's so cool playing guitar. So I've always had a fascination and this was like the chance to like take a step in that direction. So I picked up the ukulele, uh, was God awful at it, but I really liked how it felt to like be able to like play a song. And, um, from there I started learning how to play guitar from my dad. He started teaching me. 
I uh, eventually kind of outgrew that, started taking lessons. And then around the age of 13, I think it was 13. It might've been 12 around. I think it was like 13. I started playing live shows um, and gigging and I did three hour shows from the time I was 13 to the time that I was like 18 or 19. Wow. Um, where I would just do these like long sets at bars, <laughs> like lots more drunk people than probably a 13 year old should be around. <laughs> um, well, that's like how I got my chops is like through, um, I just would perform at these, like, whether it was like a music festival or, um, you know, I was the kid, like I had the kid thing going for me. It was like, Oh, a kid's doing this. That's crazy. You know, like it wasn't remarkable. It was just that like, Oh, I was a kid doing it. And that's why it was cool. Um, but I, so I got into a band when I was 14 uh, called Mopai and we played for like, we were together from like when I was 14, like when I was 18. So it was like four or five years. And it was just like blues music and we that's when i played like most of the the biggest shows was like playing like three hour bar shows and um like going all across the south and playing these like music festivals and things like that and uh left it when i was 18 with the guitar player of the band um and we started the low blow back in 20 it was january it was it was 2018 but it was the new year's day new year's eve into new year's day of uh of that january 2018 that we started the band and we released uh the next year we released the capsize ep and then oh that was yeah that's one of my favorite (laughs) as soon i heard that song i don't know what happened i felt my soul like just go oh my god because that (laughs) when you when you sing capsize I, I've never heard a pitch just so like so pristine and even during oh thank you like, yeah no was, oh my god here I, I am complimenting um but I've never heard <laughs> it's just so pristine and clear even during thank your you. lives as well like I I can't I mean it's just that's one of my favorite songs can I know like the lyrics behind that sure the, like the meaning yeah. of it all yeah yeah um so capsize is um it's about like um sexuality and gender identity conflicting with normalcy um for me at least it's about that what the deeper meaning is is it's it's about being in a relationship that um you're using as a way of holding yourself back Mm um uh that was a point in time in my life where i was discovering a lot about who i was and I was blaming my, my desire to, you know, to like seek this new self realization. I was sort of blaming that as my, all of my problems because it was making this person in my life upset or it was mm-hmm. inconvenient for them. And looking back on it now, it's like, obviously, you know, that's okay. I should have just, you know, said, you know, screw that like I'm gonna I'm gonna do me you know but yeah at that point my point in my life I would you know it it was kind of like my coming at capsize is like a coming of age EP in the sense that it's about like realizing um it was me kind of realizing that the horizons were broader than I had originally allowed myself to believe that's why there's a song called somewhere off in the distance um Mm. which is just about like there's more to this world it's not just like the little island you live on everything is like yeah. further off um and capsize is about like being afraid of being toppled over in that self actualization journey of like sailing beyond where you know what yeah. happens if a storm comes up and knocks you over and pulls you under um and that's kind of where i was at at that point in time and capsize is is like directly about that you know yeah blood on my hands i'm a lonely man afraid of the lovers i seek um yeah i'm dancing in a burning field of love letters i'll never speak is like probably the most like direct quote (laughs) from that ep (laughs) about like what it is about um yeah yeah it was definitely a very hard 
that EP was like easy to write, but like hard to say, if that makes any sense. Like... No, a hundred percent. Cause I think in a way it's like you, it sounds strange, but it, it, it's a way of you expressing those trapped emotions, right? Cause when you That's put- That's kind of a paper, theme you'll yeah. notice. That's kind yeah. of a theme you'll notice about my music is that, um, or my songwriting is that like, especially with the most recent um, EP, Hurting Healing, that just came out. Um, mm a lot of that is like <laughs> i wouldn't say it otherwise you know what i mean like um, yeah i probably other than like my prayers fall on deaf ears if anyone here listens to this ep um a lot of those things are things i would probably never articulate if it weren't for the medium of music music um, yeah just because i think <laughs> music make th- makes things a little bit easier to understand i think with like words um it's like okay i'm gonna use a series of like sounds to like communicate a very complex emotion that i'm experiencing inside. like i'm gonna (laughs) say a few different words uh, and try to combine them in the right way to like communicate what i think and if i do it wrong someone's gonna get like upset with me but in music it's like oh no i can like force an emotion upon somebody i can literally like throw them into the <laughs> the ring with all of my sad and just make them like do you get it do you do you see what i'm talking about like, yeah yeah that's kind of what um that's kind of why the low blow sounds the way it does is because i i like i want it to like you can't help but like feel something mm-hmm. um this is kind of what i was it, it's what i go for and what the band goes for as well and that's that's a long way of answering your question about half size. I'm so sorry. From the second I heard you sing, I could f- like literally feel the emotion behind it. And with it, almost every lyric, every tonation, every sound, um, you could feel the emotion. Uh, especially, uh, especially with sooner that first that first line. Um, I would say to me stuck out i was like oh i was like i want to know who was it who did he lose like what mm-hmm. what happened but like i feel like you take you take us on a journey with your music thank you almost like a story yeah no just that's just that i'm i've i grew up singing as well off offsite i grew up singing and playing music so when you talk to someone who also is in that realm you just can't understand things differently than someone who never really got into it you know right Right. It's almost like you're speaking a different language to someone who never like played music or sang or anything mm-hmm. like that. Cause just that improvisation of, uh, of picking up a guitar or playing right. the piano. It, well, it's interesting. I, I, I think that's why music is so wonderful is cause even though there is like higher forms of it in playing it, mm-hmm. I think everyone in some way can understand it immediately. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so powerful it's not like you know it's there is some music i will say that like if you're not a musician and you're listening to it you're probably gonna like scratch your head and be like this is like very <laughs> dense like <laughs> like so, like like free form jazz someone's probably gonna listen to that who's not a musician and be yeah. like wow this is like a lot and i do that as someone who's been playing music for over 10 years um but like i that, that okay that's not a dig at freeform jazz <laughs> i love it it's the best genre in the world um no but i i think that like but like even then there are still like moments where people will like draw their own like parallels and that that's mm-hmm. kind of why i like um making music the way i do is because um people w- would hear sooner like when yeah. i first released or when we first released it that was like oh this reminds me of my grandfather like who I lost so I'm like wow it is not about your grandfather at all and it's like (laughs) like if you had this dynamic with your grandfather I'd be very seriously concerned but it doesn't matter because like in a way like no it absolutely is about your grandfather like it's it's like funny to me how people like like I remember some people would be like um hearing sooner and they'd be like oh this is like a song about borderline personality disorder Mm. 
And I was like, wow, I don't have borderline personality disorder, but like, I can totally see how like some people who have that would like find comfort in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause it's like, you know, like the, the, the amount of care that you have for somebody, you know, like a lot of people who suffer from that have, you know, that level of like, that level of like emotion and like fragility, like in like being afraid of pushing someone away that like people were Mm. understanding it. And I thought that was so interesting and intriguing and people will draw parallels like, oh, these characters in this show are like, this is their song. I'm like, I never watched this show in my life, but that's awesome. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's really cool. I'm sure it must be like, cause I mean, in a way people will interpret it how they're supposed to in that moment i guess you know right that's, you know i guess that's just the whole point of of making some form of art um right in any right. way but to but to you that probably is i would think i don't know just outside perspective um i would, <laughs> I would think uh means a lot i mean it it, com- it seems to come from a very deep place is that can you walk me through the moment of when you came up with that song or like what happened? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, without revealing really too much. Um, yeah. Just cause, well, okay. And I want to, I want to say why I, I choose not to really speak on what exactly the song is about is because one, I do appreciate and like care that people find their own subjective truths in it. Yeah. And I don't really want to like Ruin that. it's bigger than me like sooner is not my favorite song i'll be honest it's not my Which favorite what, song ever. what can it's i not, ask what your favorite one is i think probably my prayers fall on deaf ears is my favorite song hmm. um i'll get into that in a minute but so sooner it came about um i had just gotten uh out of a dynamic with somebody that um it was like you know i i didn't have any you know malcontent or like i i wanted it's basically a song about wanting the best for somebody that is no longer going to be in your life anymore and Mm. you have to accept it and that's really all it is uh it's um i didn't want it to like i think the breakup song formula is always like fuck you you broke my heart you monster (laughs) you're the worst possible thing but there's not enough songs i think out there that are like it's not my fault yeah it's not your fault I don't want to make you feel guilty. I just want you to know that I hope everything's going to be okay. And it hurts me, but like, I'm not going to act like you're a monster for seeking your own truth. And I, I think that's why the song is resonating with a lot of people because that's kind of like a a territory that's not super explored Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of music relies a lot of culture and media relies on like the sensationalism of like emotion and like response and like um like outrage or like like yeah. you know like just like a like a really like ha- like haptic response to something like oh you ah you broke my heart i'm just in an absolute <laughs> hysterics but like uh, i think sooner is like the quiet sadness of like mm. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I just need you to know that like I did care about this, you know, yeah. and like, I want and I think that's why that that's where it came from is is that's all it was. It was just it wasn't something super complex. I actually okay, so this is the release story of it which is going to contextualize this a lot. Um I wrote the song like two and a half weeks before I put it on TikTok and it was just the little bit that's on TikTok. And when I posted it, I was like, I just need, I just gotten like 7,000 followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause of some duet videos I did and people were like, oh, wow, cool. <laughs> You're doing <laughs> duet yeah. videos. And I was like, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, that was like happening for me. And I was like, I need to keep posting content. So I posted this little shitty little late night sad song that I wrote and I like w- sat on it for a while because I was like is this like you know too sappy whatever I'll post it. I don't care and I put my phone down and like maybe like called a friend or something or like talked to my bandmates or I don't even remember what happened 
Uh, and then I go back and check TikTok because I don't have push notifications on. And I went back and it was like 99 plus notifications. And I was like, uh, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> um, and I looked and it was at 7,000 likes within the first or it was like the next, it was like the next day or something like that. Like I'd posted the night before it was like the next day and it was like at 7,000 likes. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, this has not happened like this in a while. Um, and I like texted my bandmates and like throughout the night, it was literally like, oh, I bet we're going to get to like 15K by the end of the night. Mm. It was at like 50,000 likes by the end of the night and i remember uh i remember getting up to like i can't remember what it was i i remember getting up to like 20k that night on like followers and just being like what the fuck is going on <laughs> that like anyone like this little song that I, I didn't even i didn't even like think about like when i was writing i was just like sad and i was like I think I lost you sooner than I wanted to. That's the start. That's the start of it. Where are we going from here? <laughs> and I just wrote it. Um, and then people were like, Oh, this is like the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I want to throw all of my kind words at it. And it just blew up. And I had people like Joshua Bassett commenting, or no, mm-hmm. not Joshua Bassett. He commented on a different video, but like people like, um, Oh God, I have to like, I have to like remember who commented is a long time ago. But like a bunch of people that I was like huge fans of were commenting on it and like this is beautiful and like I was like uh, uh okay <laughs> what do I uh, what do I do um and it was just it was just so surreal um all the support that it got and so I was like guys we have to fucking record this song and um post it so I literally that night wrote the rest of the song I just like threw a bridge and an, an extra verse on it. It's a pretty short song as it is, but um, went to their house because they all live together in a different part of the state. Um, I drove to their house an hour and a half away and we recorded the song and I went home and mixed it. And I don't think I slept for like at least 24 hours. Cause I was just like up wired, just like mixing this song and my like, obsessively mixing it in my in this room just like (laughs) we have to post it and um yeah we put it on spotify and spotify didn't approve it for like two fucking days and i was like "Ah." everyone was in my replies like when is it gonna be on spotify i'm like i'm so (laughs) sorry please don't kill me and uh but yeah and then it got out and then it's at like half a million right now which is like really insane to me because also how that means that feel? like yeah. good- I was I was gonna ask like how that feeling just must be overwhelming. Yeah, I mean I'll be honest, it's like it's weird because I don't care about sooner anymore. That mm-hmm. song. Not because like I don't relate to it. I definitely did at one point. It's mm-hmm. just so weird, like knowing that like that like one of the worst chapters of my life is like now the best like one of the best things about my life like yeah this terrible event that I like this terrible feeling I went through really is like now all of a sudden it's like the one thing that like defines like so many people's view of our music which is Mm. it's cool but it's also weird because it's like oh god like I want them to see what else we have you know what I mean like I, I really want people to like and we've gotten some engagement with the EP. We really want, we're really hoping that the EP would be like an extension of like, um, I'm saying like a lot, would be an extension of the sooner um, vibe, I guess. Mm. Um, there's even a song that's like a direct sequel to Sooner called Replaced. But um, it's, I, I actually kind of like the way it all shook out, where like everyone kind of puts all their attention in Sooner but the real people that like really like I get to engage with and like I know will come to shows and I know will buy merch. Mm-hmm. They're all the ones that are listening to the EP and the, like, yeah. the real like super involved and dedicated fans is like what I care about the most. And it doesn't matter to me like how many streams we get, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. sooner. It's like, cool. 
but I've also heard songs that are like ridiculously silly that get like a million in the first week. So yeah. I, I, I'm not like basing um, our music's validity on like the amount of attention it gets. I'm just glad to like create and have an audience for it. Um, however big, however small, which we have a pretty good size right now. So that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. How did you guys start the band? Like, how'd you guys meet? Like, what what happened? Um, <laughs> so Connor and I, the guitar player, um, have been friends for like, I guess like nine years now. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's insane. Um, he's like my brother, um, has supported me through, you know, everything dropping out of college, my mental health issues, my breakups and my gender transition, my gender transition. Um, and has just been such a like source of comfort for me. Um, we basically decided during, uh, the later part of 2017 that I was like, I'm not really feeling this blues band anymore. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like my thing. Like, we're playing for money and I just, I, the money's cool and I like getting, you know, pay, but it's like sucking the life out of me. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's draining me of like creativity. I don't feel like writing anymore because everything just feels like I have to give it to this band that I'm not super happy and, and no hate to the other members of the band. They're all talented and skilled musicians and I wish them luck on their endeavors. It wasn't the people. It was just, it wasn't for me. And so Connor and I were like, why don't we just like did a new thing and like just mm-hmm. made it our own and did what we wanted and put our favorite musicians in it. And that's kind of what we did. <laughs> we just like started this new band and it was kind of a continuation of the first band and, and the first like year. Um, you can tell that because rock in a hard place, the first single mm-hmm. we ever released is way different than the stuff that we put out now like it's yeah. it's literally like impossibly different um because we were going to be a neo soul band like we we're going to be like a hiatus coyote slash like um saint paul and the broken bones kind of thing because that's what i sang i sang like r&b and soul mm-hmm. um but as we kind of got through capsize that ep i was like we've got a like I I don't want to do the whole like you know soul soul thing anymore it just doesn't feel like me I'd rather write really like soulful songs in the sense that like they touch your soul um yeah so the lineup changed quite a bit um throughout the time that we were all doing it like our first bass player was was actually one, one of the members of the um original band and he was more like an r&b style player but um he had some like there was a lot of distance issues because i moved to my college town and our drummer also lives at the old in my hometown versus the town i went to for college and um it just didn't like work out and the vibe wasn't there and i think everyone had like a different idea of what we were going to do and so we uh we like let them go basically and then we were like okay Basically starting from square one again, um, our, our roommate Cody, who produced the EP, the capsize EP, um, became our bass player, uh, even though he was way too busy to do it, he became our bass player. And then our drummer was our friend Taylor, who we were all in Cody's band with prior because mm-hmm. Cody had a band that we all played in as well so a lot of a lot of finding musicians for bands is like being in a band with them before and then starting a band with the the members of the band that you were in with that broke up (laughs) (laughs) and so we formed around that and then i wrote the the capsize ep um in a few months with them we released it it was really cool and awesome reception for the little diy band that we were Mm. um and then I, we got serious and we've been working on an album for about two years now. Oh, um, wow. Overlapping with the EP. Yeah. And um, right now it's like, we kind of got to like the final stages of it. Um, but we had the departure of our, of our uh, keyboard player, Matthew. 
back in December. And that kind of put like a little bit of a, a stop on things for now. Um, and we just decided, okay, um, we need to put something out. So what we're going to do yeah. is we're going to record five songs, five and a half songs really in the span of a month. And we're going to record and master it all in a month. And we're going to release it and we're going to call it hurting healing. And that's what hurting healing is. So that's the story that's cool. of the low blow. So you mentioned earlier that Connor helped you through your mental health. Um, mm -hmm. What have you been through in regards to your mental health and how has music and being in the band with uh, the low blow, how has that helped everything in your journey? I, um, yeah, I, it's, it's a long list um, to kind of like condense it. I I've just gone through a lot of, um, a lot of issues with being who I am um, and finding out who that is and, and um, not letting the pressures of what other people expect get to me. Um, I, I struggled a lot with my sexuality. Um, I came out back in 2015, but I didn't really come out like publicly until like fairly recently, which it still is kind of like one of those things where it's like on the down low. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't like really speak about it. I just simply like, I identify as LGBTQ plus and it's like, whatever, you know, it's, I don't really talk about it that much, but that's just because um, I, yeah, I won't even get into that. But the main thing is that I, I struggled a lot with anxiety issues um, and depression issues that have like been very crippling for me. Um, uh, I had, I have something called agoraphobia where um, I was unable to leave the house for the better part of like a year and a half. Um, I did, but it was like, I was kind of like a, a shut in just cause uh, I don't know. There wasn't a desire to leave the house. I think there was a fear a little bit. Um, cause I, I just had this like really bad, like panic disorder that like, it wouldn't let me like see the world. And so I, I had that and then I also dealt with um, a lot of like body image issues and body dysmorphia and um, an eating disorder and of course that's like you know really terrible things but the thing is is like Connor and also the band and also this place of like creation has been such a wonderful thing of like it doesn't like it doesn't matter what you're issue is when it comes to like creating your journey with that is celebrated mm -hmm. like and that's kind of something we in the global have always like said to one another it's like it doesn't matter how hurt you are like your path to victory is like what we're here for. like we're here to help you to your path to victory and um, I remember when I first came out as non-binary back in 2020 in April, um, I was like so afraid that everyone was going to be like, no, 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 no. I'm just not going to listen and I'm going to like kill you or something. Um, not really. That's okay. No, I, I just was afraid that like, yeah, I don't know, like re any reasonable fear that someone in that like is like, hey, I don't use this name anymore. I don't use these pronouns anymore. I, I think there's like a genuine fear and most of those people that it's like oh okay no one's gonna care or no one's gonna respect mm -hmm. it and they were the first people to like <laughs> i remember i i would like call the band up and like have like a little meeting with them and it would surprise me how quick they were to just like use my preferred name and my preferred pronouns and i was like what like no one does that. <laughs> like no one does this. Uh, I just came out the other day, but like they were so quick to like correct and change. And um, it's kind of been that way. That's just kind of how it is with them, mm. with the boys. They just, they're people that like, it's like, Oh, you've got an issue. Okay. Well we'll stick around. We'll see if we can help. And it's never like, let's fix it for you. Let's, you know, let me control the conversation for you, Pat. It's always like, hey, what can, or, or can we help you? Is there anything we can do? And I think that that's like why I feel so comfortable creating with them. I've written some of the most intimate music I've ever written in this last year. Um, I mean, Hurting Healing is literally like so confessional and like 
intimate and like uh hard it's it's like a hard ep to release i still don't really think about it that much but they were just so i guess helpful i don't know like maybe that makes sense maybe it doesn't they just they were just very like um their their vessels and where they impart their own emotions is like so beautiful it like lifts it i think um anyways yeah that's (laughs) that's my whole take on them that's very i think it's very very beautiful i i can't imagine how difficult it can be to to voice you know like what you needed to voice Mm -hmm. and then also i mean you're in a on a public platform in a sense and so that's scary in and of itself right like oh it has been it's been terrifying (laughs) oh i can't um, i mean like yeah i what was i gonna say i uh when i when i was on one of your lives i remember seeing like some really just shitty comments i can't imagine the toll that that takes uh on your mental health to be honest um i um uh i think it did in the beginning but at this point it's kind of okay i don't mean it's funny to me it's just like i I can't imagine the headspace you must be in to like i almost take pity on those people and it's not because i'm like oh i'm better than you i don't think that at all i think that it's like Mm -hmm you are so afraid of what like what other people might think if you were to just give this a second thought. Like mm. you, I, I, I remember growing up, you know, growing up in the homophobic South, it's like, it's so easy for your first inclination when you see someone be like, Hey, respect me for so many people, their first inclination is no, I don't want to, mm. you don't tell me what to do. And so people will go in my comments and they'll, say that they're going to kill me and sell my organs on the black market and threaten to like (laughs) come to my house and kill me. And I'm like, okay. I mean, like if me being happy, alive and comfortable with myself is so threatening to you Mm -hmm. that you feel like you want to kill me, then I'm glad that you're afraid of me. I'm so glad you are. I will, I will, I will live that truth. I will be the monster under your bed, baby, until you can. I live in your head rent free. It's cozy in here. There's heat and there's water and I'm happy because I just, I don't, I I think I would give them the time of day if I didn't care what people say on the internet. Like mm-hmm. I, I simply don't care what anyone says on the internet. It's just discourse. It's people thinking they're going to change something or scare me into submission or something. And it's really funny and cute for me to see. Cause I, I <laughs> like, if they knew me in real life, they wouldn't say these things to me. Or if they yeah. did, I would just walk away. I, most of the people that are mean to me in my comments are actually fans. I've, I've had people be like, Oh, I love your music and I respect you, but you know, you're a man and nothing's ever going to change that. And, you know, (laughs) and I don't respect your gender identity. I don't respect your sexuality. You can just shut up about it. And I'm like, so you're a fan and you listen to my music and you don't respect me. Something's not adding up here. And it's not because like I deserve respect or whatever. I probably don't in their mind, but like, how are you like you're telling me you like intimately relate to songs about my experience and then you like don't respect me being like this like you baby that's like 50 percent of the meaning right there like you're <laughs> like i think you're relating yeah. to this a little too much you might be projecting a little um no i i take pity on those people and it's not because like yeah i think that like it's not my job to educate them that the resources are out there. They're scared. And I understand. I, I I don't understand, but I, I can see the, the line, you know what I mean? I can see the, the path, the the process. Yeah. (laughs) So I just ignore (laughs) it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just block them. It's like, okay. I mean, you're just not going to comment on my page anymore. It's fine. It's very strong, very, very strong, very brave of you, to be honest, because I know oh, well. <laughs> that, no, I mean, like, because a lot of people, they probably let it get to them immediately, and then it fosters 
like crippling depression bouts of depression and then they oh. just you know what I mean so it's yeah. the strength that you have to like to do that is is amazing and brave and very courageous so I'd rather them attack me than like younger you know more more like effeminate trans or like more like mm. more like um more like out trans people I would rather them yeah. attack me than them because yeah those people this this i i have the privilege of like i don't really look androgynous i just kind of do whatever mm-hmm. and so people can just come to my page and assume that i'm just a guy which yeah. is fine <laughs> like i don't like it's fine i guess like check my pronouns but like i don't care but you have it up on your page which makes it helpful to be honest because i wouldn't right. i didn't even know it all either until like i really started getting into your page and following mm-hmm. you Mm-hmm. And then I, but like at that point, but for me, it doesn't make a difference. The person, the person. So, right. Right. I just but like for other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I would much rather that like, I, I can take it. Mm-hmm. I would much rather it not be diverted onto like trans youth or like trans people of yeah. color or, you know, disabled trans people, because it's like <laughs> the internet is a stinky, stinky place. That is, a, it's a, it's a, it's a world where, teenage boys will say the most psychotic and angry things you'll ever hear in your life. Like literally like being like, Oh, this person deserved to be murdered or something like that. And I'm like, there's like no humanity in this person's heart or there is. And they're just so like, they're coping so hard that they're not like, like it's, I think people think it's uncool to have compassion. And I think that's so yeah. annoying. Uh, teenage <laughs> so boys childish. are a pain in the ass though. You know, like that's, I think that's like part of like, like my experience with my gender is like, I grew up in a world where like, I, I think I, there's a line in beautiful where I literally say I made friends who hurt me. So I wouldn't do it myself mm. because like, I, I think I resented a large part of myself. So I made friends with people that would, that would mock me and you know yeah. roast me all the time so I, I became good at roasting but also it was like there was like a chasm <laughs> of like yeah ooh, self-harm ooh, and, and this it. sucks <laughs> yeah yeah I can see that that's an interesting actually that's an interesting parallel because I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it mm-hmm. um but it's kind of funny how we choose people like that as unknowingly like subconsciously like a mirror mm-hmm. in a way you know it definitely is. And I think a lot of teenage boys, people in general, actually, I'll say that a lot of teenage, I'll say to young people will fall into that pitfall of like, I don't like myself very much. So I need people that are constantly calling me on my bullshit. But when you look for that kind of thing, the kind of people that are just there to call you on your bullshit will follow really quickly and yeah i i think that's it's really easy to fall into that trap of like okay this is how i show my affection to my friends i'm very very mean to them all the time and i make them feel small because as long as i'm not doing it to somebody else it's good that i'm doing it to my friends right like um but i i kind of yeah like i grew up in a world where like i made friends yeah like i literally made friends with people that could um because if, if, if it was friends making fun of me, it wasn't strangers making fun of me. You know mm. what I mean? I could yeah. be the butt of the joke and I could control that. Mm. Um, and I think that's why now I'm not afraid of that kind of thing anymore. Because it's like, I've been attacked about my weight, about being too effeminate, about being, you know, about being over... Yeah, like being 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 fat, being effeminate, being queer being whatever my my whole life i've always been treated differently because of those things so it's like what's the difference if someone on the internet who doesn't know how awesome i am says that i'm you know um says i'm like this and that's not me being like i'm fucking cool but like they just don't know me so it's like yeah sure it's probably really easy for you to say these things just on looking at who i am but jeffrey Jeffrey marsh has a wonderful quote about Jeffrey Marsh, a wonderful, um, they're a wonderful non-binary um, like content creator on TikTok that everyone should go check out. Um, they have this quote where um, they're like, 
like it's basically so someone's like oh like you're such a strange person and they're like oh so you do view me as a person um and like oh i don't have to respect you by the looks of you you're right you are so you've admitted something here that you don't respect me by the look of me it's all about how i look on the outside but if we were to meet one another if we were to speak to one another you might recognize me as a human but you're just judging me based on looks alone to paraphrase heavily and that like Mm -hmm. resonates with me it's like people see me with like my shitty facial hair coming in and my nail polish and my earrings and they're like wow someone the other day was like you are confusing to look at and i'm like yes i was like thank (laughs) god they get it that's exactly (laughs) what it is that's exactly what it is that's what i want and um but it's just so funny to me that like someone like <laughs> they, they were just like, I need to make sense of what is happening right now. So I'm going to comment <laughs> on your live while you're playing that you are confusing to look at. And uh, it was kind of comforting for me in a way. Like, why was it comforting it was, to you? It was, it, it was like an insult, but like, it was also like, they kind of get it. Like, mm. I think that's like, all gender is, is like, it's a, it's a performance of ideas that, culture and society has like given us as a guideline like okay if you're a woman this these are the set of things that you do Mm. if you're a man here's the set of things that you do and here's the colors you wear and here's the jobs you have and the things that you do and it's just all it's all stigma so when someone goes up on stage and they're like i'm trying to get booed off the stage of gender performance then everyone freaks out because they're like you're not doing the thing right you're doing it wrong you're going up and you're saying something different and there's outrage. Everyone gets so mad. They're like, you can't do that. We've been told we have to do this our entire life. So why are you all of a sudden, like, why are you exempt from that? Uh, biology textbook, blah, blah, blah. Like they, they do that a lot. And it makes people upset because here's someone who is like saying, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let stigma define who I am. I'm not going to let those sort of things like dictate how I perform, how I, how I act in the world because life is short life is fleeting and we could die at any moment why am i spending so much of my time being afraid of what i want to be why am i so afraid of that it's disney channel it's so disney channel but like yeah it's true they have that one thing right disney channel has that one thing right everything else is a lie the oh, one thing 100 <laughs> percent. the one thing that's true Um, Other than people breaking into song at random times is that it's so important to be true to who you are. It is. And and that's why, huh? What'd you say? I I just said, why waste time, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I think, I think much of the world, unfortunately, um, spends a lot of time being someone who they think they should be instead of who they want to be. Um, And it's like they hide that little part of themselves for, forever and then you know before they know it they're dead well they won't know if they're dead because they'll be dead but they'll be dead and (laughs) like what like what would they like what would you have lived for who are you going to be going to be like who other people have told you you should be like your parents or society or whatever and it's silly it's really really silly to me um which is i resonate with a lot of of what you say in so many ways and i think i think my opinion that and it sounds cliche but like different is beautiful that's it period like it shouldn't have that's it <laughs> like it shouldn't be you know what i mean yeah yeah i i the way i i've always sort of described it is it's like like it's so silly to me that like <laughs> gender can be boiled down to a series of colors that you wear and a, a demeanor of how you speak like that's so silly to me that like that it's it's that fragile that like a man will be like i think like they'll wear gay or they'll 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 wear gay (laughs) they'll wear they will wear pink they'll wear pink and people will literally be like okay i am worried that this man may be a homosexual and it's like Okay, so what you're telling me right now with your mouth and your mind and your soul and body, your whole chest, is that because this man is wearing the color pink, 
it is now signaling to you and everyone else that he is somehow uh just like gay like that's insane to me like how do people like think that and like be like oh yes that is the natural way of the world that like there are men and there are women and everyone else who's not like that is just crazy it's silly. i'm sorry it's is so it like, silly <laughs> oh no oh no i'm uh, i'm i'm screwing with the world because i put paint on my nails like it do- i don't like my gender feeling like a rebellion but for some mm. reason it is you know what i mean like yeah for some reason me doing what i do is like insane to people i just wish i could i wish me i wish other people i wish other trans people could just do their thing and like people not even like draw attention to it even in a positive way where they're like yes go fuck off like i really wish that like that whole experience could just be like the same way someone who dyes their hair a different color okay cool awesome they dyed their hair a different color i'm not gonna like I'm not going to draw so much attention to that, but I'm going to let them just do it and then support them. Like, yeah, I, I really wish that's kind of how we did it. But unfortunately it's like, we live in a world that's so anti those things that you have to be like radically for them, for them to not like crumble. I think in some way. I started noticing that you were doing tarot card at like yes. the major arcana. What? Okay. How, First of all, what gave you that idea? That's so goddamn creative. I don't think I know anyone who's done that. It's cool. I think the the magician one, that one st- stuck out to me the most. That's the um, most I don't know. I just, oh, really? I mm. thought I was unique. God damn it. <laughs> no, you are <laughs> unique. You absolutely are. Your uniqueness just lines up with a lot of other people's uniqueness as well. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Um, I don't know why. Let's get Betsy that. in here. um but yeah how did you how did you start that idea that's a good question um that's a really good question i like talking about this um so i i'm a tarot reader i do tarot readings um for close friends i'm probably gonna eventually open it up to start doing like professional readings where like i actually like book clients and things um but i (laughs) I've always resonated with this one card. It started with the magician. Um, and I think I was just going to write a song about the magician card, but I, I was, the magician card is kind of like the card of like realizing the, 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 the troubles and like turbulence of the world. Um, mm-hmm. The first card in the major arcana is not the magician actually even though it's card one card zero is the first card and that's it's the, the fool the fool yeah and the fool represents the beginning of the hero's journey where it's like happy-go-lucky i'm in a haze of like you know i'm i'm you know basically drunk on happiness and like you know blind to everything the magician is kind of like the card of like unforeseen dangers and like new information there's a lot of meanings to it but what that sort of spoke to me was like i'm in this place where like i'm still very tender from like i've gone through some breakups uh two break two major breakups in the last uh year or so and um it was like i'm kind of in a place right now as as like to like to just like report in on where i'm at right now uh where i don't really think i am comfortable with being loved or loving right now and it's just because i i think um well the first line of the magician is i'm denying this love to find it in myself um but i don't think that i ever will or i don't know if i ever will um Mm -hmm. because it's kind of where i'm at it's like sometimes people want to take that break to like just like oh i'm gonna find myself but like what happens when that doesn't happen? Like what happens Mm. when I've been looking for this love forever and it's like, Oh shit, I really have so much work to do. Um, And yeah, that kind of like made me really think of the magician. That was like, I had the line before the song. Um, And so I kept writing about it um, about how like 
it's a song about like self-sabotage of like i i cheapen the good things that i find in my life because i'm, I'm i don't want to lose them or like you know like like i don't know like oh here's a good opportunity i don't want it i can't take it because i just know i'm gonna screw it up somehow so if i don't if i there, there's a, a line in another one of the songs that i've never released that i that i wrote late at night um which is like um you never have bad endings if you don't ask to begin mm. um, or it's easier to never want to win because if i or there's another one another one of my tiktoks that uh one of the lyrics is uh if i stay down will it keep me from falling oh and wow that's kind of what uh inspired me to write magician was like this is a really complex feeling i'm having right now it's like I, i'm not seeking the I'm not seeking the cr- the crest that necessitates the trough, if that makes any sense. The, not seeking the peak that necessitates the valley. I'm just kind of doing it like this right now. Um, so I, I was like, okay, I really relate to this. I'm going to take every card of the Major Arcana, which is like one of the most beautiful lineups of like divinatory materials ever. Just like the, the Major Arcana is just like such a gorgeous and like diverse and like intriguing and mysterious like world of like just emotional realities like I, even just like the, the amount of exploration it's it's allowed me to do the, the reason i had that idea was just because i was like what what would if i was framing everything around this set of cards like what does that like what does that coax out of me what does that bring out of me because i think it's easy to write about the same things all the time like yeah oh i'm sad I miss somebody <laughs> and I hate myself blah 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 but like what happens when I write about my mom or my dad mm. or like what happens when I write about religion? What happens when I write about hating somebody? What happens when I write about inner strength? Um, and so it was just an exercise and people keep asking me, okay, I'm going to answer this one once and for all right here. People have been asking if I'm going to release an album of the songs. I'm probably not going to. And the reason <laughs> why, the reason why is because people are like, okay, where are the full songs? I'm like that they're right there. I wrote these songs to be a minute long. I wrote them to be on TikTok and that's where they're going to live. That's their little home. I might release the magician someday, but no, I, they're not there to be like, they're not there to like go into the rest of the world. I wrote the songs to be as they are, which is these little one minute nuggets of, uh, nuggets of thought and emotion. So I love them. I think it's very unique, very creative, honest to God. And I like that they're a minute long. I think if they were any longer, it would lose its value to a degree and uh, the power behind it, to be honest. I I wrote them to be dense. Like, yeah, to be just stacked with. Like a like a punch of flavor, you know what I mean? Just bam in their face. Yeah. Yeah, and I just pantomime punching yeah. the camera for anyone who's using a <laughs> non-visual medium. Yeah, I uh, I thoroughly enjoy those. Um, my last question for you is, if anyone that has listened to this podcast resonated with anything that you talked about um, and you were to give them any advice, what would you say to them? Um, the path to self actualization the path to the path the path to self-realization and 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 happiness is not on the shoulders of someone else you will only find that in yourself surrounded by those that encourage you to do that um any person that tells you that they know it's right for you that they know what you should do that's not a mental health professional that's not a doctor that's not a like a scientist or something that has like a a degree and even some scientists and some psychologists are not best for this but any person that tells you what they know that they know what's best for you is a snake oil salesman and you need to kick them to the curb because what they're trying to do is control you and in the end, all you have is yourself. So treat yourself with a little bit of respect and kindness, the same way you would afford it to anybody else. Um, that's my that's my advice because that's if if you've resonated with the things that I've said, 
do not let other people manipulate you. Um, I think that that's kind of, it's really easy to do. And in the same vein, don't manipulate other people. If people come into your life looking to help you set firm boundaries, because it's really easy to be that person that's like, oh, I'm so hurt. I'm so hurt. Do exactly what I want, please. Set firm mm-hmm. boundaries. Set firm boundaries. And if they, they don't set, if, if no one's setting any boundaries, that's a recipe for a spicy meatball and not in the good way. Uh, at the low blow TN on um, Instagram, the low blow on Spotify. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm Pat Who Is Nice. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Pat Who Is Nice. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, we just put it on an EP called Hurting Healing, and it's about those things. It's about hurting and also coincidentally um, healing. So if you want to listen to that kind of music written by uh, the, the sexiest person you've ever heard the voice of on a podcast, um, that's my band. So um, <laughs> no, go check out, go check out our music um, and uh, just like leave weird, mean comments on my TikTok if you don't mind. Um so thank you (laughs) well thank you so i really appreciate you coming on here this was such a i saw the podcast um concept and i thought it was really cool so i'm glad to be here thank you thank you so much for listening and remember you have to go through the eye of the storm to see the clear horizon ahead thanks so much guys and i'll see you next week